Okay, Matthew chapter 2. Let's, let's read verse, starting in verse 12, just to um, just kind of grab the context of, of what's going on. Being warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they, that is the Magi, departed to their own country by another way. Now when they had departed, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream and said, Rise, take the child and his mother and flee to Egypt and remain there until I tell you. For Herod is about to search for the child to destroy him. And he arose and he took the child and his mother by night and departed to Egypt and remained there until the death of Herod. This was to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. Out of Egypt, Egypt, I called my son. Then Herod, when he saw that he had been tricked by the wise men, became furious, and he sent and killed all the male children in, in Bethlehem and in that region who were two years old or under, according to the time that he had ascertained from the wise men. This was to fulfill what was spoken by the prophet Jeremiah. A voice was heard in Ramah, weeping in loud lamentation, Rachel weeping for her children. She refused to be comforted because they are no more. But when Herod died, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared in a dream to Joseph in Egypt, saying, Rise, take the child and his mother, and go to the land of Israel, for those who sought the child's life are dead. And he arose, and he took the child and his mother, and went to the land of Israel. But when he heard that Archelaus was reigning over Judah in place of his father Herod, he was afraid to go there. And being warned in a dream, he withdrew to the district of Galilee. And he went and he lived in a city called Nazareth, so that what was spoken by the prophets might be fulfilled, that he would be called a Nazarene. <clears throat> One writer says it's kind of kind of interesting that there's there's nothing in chapter two, Matthew chapter two, that describes Jesus himself. It says therefore we we learn that or ascertain that that Matthew's purpose was not to simply give the reader information about Jesus as a child. Rather, he stressed the reception that Jesus received when he entered the world. It's kind of interesting. Just just consider the reception. I think think we have three clear receptions or groups or individuals that that receive Jesus in in different ways. We saw last week all, all three of them. You had Herod, who is very much afraid. He's 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 troubled by the coming of Jesus. You have the Jewish leaders that. Go back to Herod. And so he becomes hostile and, 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 and murderous because of his, his, his fear of Jesus, uh, his, his outlook on this is one born to be a king of the Jews. Then we have the Jewish leaders themselves who are just indifferent. They, they have known for centuries that, that God was sending a greater Moses, a, a Messiah, and, and when they get this big clue that he's, he's been born, they totally ignore it. They have no interest in going to Bethlehem as these magi have come. And then finally, the magi, these Gentiles, that Matthew points out, the Gentiles are the ones that receive him 
and welcome him according to the, the position that, that, he really, that he really holds. So we're, so, so we're at the, the, the second half of, of this chapter, and we see uh, just that, that kind of becomes a theme throughout Matthew of, of the way people receive Jesus. And it's really a theme today and a, and a question today for, for the whole world, all, all of us certainly. How, ha, how have we received Jesus and, and, and the world? How has the world re, received Jesus? The, the conclusion of, of the, the, the account of, of Jesus' birth in, uh, in, in, in Bethlehem is, is disturbing as Corey was preaching through Revelation 15, my, my brain, it was too much for my brain to, to consider the, the, the similarities in, in, in the evilness that's talked about there in, in Revelation and, and the evilness here in, 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 chapter, in chapter 2 of, 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 of Matthew. Start counting verses from the first of the book. By the second chapter of the first gospel, we already see this, this great opposition to God's Son. This, this major opposition to the Messiah has come. I think if you, if you discount the, the genealogy, not, not discount it because it's useful, but not counting the genealogy, you have six verses at the end of chapter 1, and, and then you have about 12 verses in, in chapter 2. By the 18th verse of the narrative about the Messiah, there's already people wanting to kill him. Just think about that. God has sent his son to die on the cross... Why? He came to, to save them from their sins, to save us from our sins. And within 18 verses, people are trying to kill Jesus. Many, many commentators and, and even uh, podcast preachers, they're like, you know, we, we are just like all three of these groups. At, at times, we're like the Magi. And they're not saying we're wise men. They're just saying we, we are receptive and receive Jesus. At times, we become like the Jewish leaders, like the priests, the scribes and the priests that are just, we're set in our tradition and indifferent to what Jesus is really wanting to do in our lives. And at times, we can even be hostile like Herod. I'm not going to say if I disagree or agree. I'm just that, that's just what different different scholars have said. It's like you know, I really do think there's some truth. Some, sometimes we, even as believers, might be hostile to what God is trying to do through Jesus. We don't. Those people aren't worthy of salvation. It has to be someone like me. You can. Slap me on the head when we leave and say, no, this is why you're wrong. Just, that's just kind of, kind of an observation or a thought. So where does this, this passage begin? The, verse 12, the Magi were warned in a dream not to go back 
to Herod. Remember Herod, Herod when, they, when they first went to Jerusalem, they said, where is the, he who is born, king of the Jews, going to be born? Or where, where is the Messiah born? And he gathers the scribes and the, and the, scribes and the priests, and he says, uh, he, he ascertains Bethlehem. So he sends them to Bethlehem that they might worship. And then Herod says, when you find him, come back, tell me where he is so that I may worship which was a, a lie and a ploy that he might just um, go, that he might kill the, the, this, this newborn king. So, so the, the wise men are warned in a dream. They go, a different, a, go home a different way, back to Persia or Babylon. And it says, after they've departed, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream again. This is the second time. That, that an angel of the Lord, that God has given Joseph a direction in a dream. What is this, this dream? What does this angel tell Joseph? He says, rise and take the child and his mother and flee to Egypt. Notice the word order. It's the child and his mother. The, the important figure is the child. You know, when you're, I, I, I thought about this, when, when you're a young parent and, and, and say, you know, you, you have children, your, your child in, in the nursery or something, and, and somebody's coming by, work with me, because this may be not a real good illustration, but you say you're, the, the, all these kids are in, in, the, in the nursery, and they have a big window, and people can walk by and say, you know, well, which one is that? Well, that's, that's John and Kelly's son or or that's candy's daughter you know it, it's like the parents come first it's, it's like the the children are identified by who their parent is you know later we know especially when i guess they become teenagers that all of a sudden it's you know that, oh that's just dj's mom and dad or or you know that's trish's mom that that you become that they, they supersede you. But from the beginning, Matthew is saying the important one here is the child, the Christ child, the Messiah. And that the angel says, take the child and his mother and flee to Egypt. I think I've missed this last phrase, uh, or it just kind of jumped out at me this time reading. It says, remain there until I tell you. What's, what's that all about? It's, it's, well, it's protection, but it's as if God is giving Joseph instructions to do something, but he's saying, but he's not telling him how long. Okay, this is your job, your task, your duty. I'm calling you to do this, but I'm not going to tell you when it ends. I'll let you know when you're through with this. Does God give us tasks or missions or ministries that I want you to do this, and, and I'll tell you when I release you. I'll tell you when you're through. Maybe, maybe it's driving meals for wheels. Maybe it's calling shut-ins. Maybe it's teaching Sunday school. Maybe it's coming to Sunday school to, you know, to, to, to help other, other people. But that, that God gives Joseph this calling, this this task, and he says, you stay there until I tell you to go. 
I just, I just think that's kind of uh, interesting that sometimes God calls us to do things, but he doesn't tell us how long. It might be a, a calling for our whole life. It, it might be a calling just, just for a season. And then, he's, then he tells him why he's going, because Herod is about to search for the child to destroy him. Verse 14, notice, okay, before you read it, if you haven't already read it or weren't paying, how soon does Joseph obey what God told him to do? I, I think it's immediate. Look at verse 14. And he arose and took the child and his mother by night and departed for Egypt. So God gave Joseph a dream. An angel told him, rise, take the child and his mother and flee to Egypt and remain there till I tell you to. And it says, and Joseph rose, took the child and his mother by night. It, it may not be totally implicit, but it is. It, it, it's definitely, um, it, it's, it's there that Joseph immediately obeyed. That's, that's, that's definitely a, an example that we probably need to see and, and follow. And this is one, don't raise your hand, but do you ever, does, does God ever put something on your heart, give you some in, instructions, whether it's the speaking of the Holy Spirit within you or reading scripture and saying, I need to do that. And, it, and it's like, I need to do that now, but I really need to make sure that's what I'm supposed to do or some, some other excuse that we delay our, our action. Okay, you don't, I don't, don't raise your hand. You know, but, but think about that. Do, do we do that? Yes, we do. We, we delay what, what God is, is calling us to do. So they go to, to Egypt. They're, they remain there until Herod dies. And then Matthew adds this. This is to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. Out of Egypt I called my son. Now, if you have a cross-reference in your Bible... You know, and, 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 you, and, and you were curious and took the time. Where does that prophecy come from? Well, in, okay, it's from Hosea 11.1. 1, but it's not, a, it's not a predictive prophecy per se. It's, it, it's, it's, it's the words of the prophet. So it's what Hosea said... It's an utterance of a prophet, and it comes true that, that Jesus is, is a, a fulfillment of what he said. At the time, Hosea was talking about God's love for his children, even though he, he was sending them into exile at the time of the, either the Assyrian exile or the Babylonian exile. It's, it's unclear just exactly which one Hosea is, probably both. But he's equating it to the, the, the coming out of Egypt. Where, where God in Exodus 4, Moses, God tells Moses, they tell Pharaoh, Israel is my firstborn. Israel, the nation, is God chooses Israel, the nation, as his son, the whole nation, that he adopts Israel as his chosen son. And, and, and so he's, Matthew is showing how how Jesus is a, 
it's it's a, a topology uh, and, and a and a fulfillment. It's it's more of an application fulfillment of 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 God calling Israel out of of Egypt. And and you get these similarities. This this. Uh, recapitulation of the Exodus and Moses with with Jesus. I mean, if you already seen one, the similarity, God had promised Israel in 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 Deuteronomy. Um, I'll tell you later. At the end of Deuteronomy, that that He would send a greater Moses, and then the writer of Hebrews in chapter three says that. <coughs> Christ is worthy of more glory than Moses. And, and so Jesus is a, Moses was a type of Christ. And, and Christ is the total fulfillment of that. Think about Moses' life. What happened when Mo, right when Moses was born? What happened really before Moses was born? This evil Gentile ruler, king, Pharaoh, said what? The Jewish people are becoming too, too numerous. Therefore, take all of the male babies and throw them into the Nile. And, and Moses' mother, not wanting to do that, put him in a, in a basket. And, and lo and behold, by coincidence, right? Pharaoh's daughter found him, and he's, Moses is raised as a, 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 a child of Pharaoh and, and becomes this, then, then leaves later, becomes this uh, the, the leader who brings Israel out of Egypt. So he, he says, and this is also to fulfill that utterance spoken by the prophet. Herod realizes that he's been tricked. He's been duped. We don't know how long it takes him to realize this. You know, is he, is he getting impatient the next day after he sends the Magi on this, this eight-mile journey from Jerusalem down to, to Bethlehem? Does it take him a couple of weeks? You know, does, you, you kind of think he's, he's pacing the palace, and he's like, how long does it, go, does it take to go and, and, and worship a, a, a newborn king? It can't be taking this long. He finally realizes that they're not coming back. You know, I told them to. But they're not coming back. And, and, and he becomes furious. And what does he do? It says that he, he, he sent and killed all of the male children in Jerusalem, in Bethlehem and in that region who were two years old or under. That he had determined from the wise men, when did they, they see the star? And, and, and that, okay, he's, and he's probably making allowances for, well... It, it took them this long to get ready, this long to travel. It's been here. We're just going to kill, just to be safe, every baby boy born in, in Bethlehem or living in that vicinity that's two years old and under. The, estimate, the estimates are, 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 are wide, that it, that it could have been 15 to 25, some say even upward to, to 50. You know, it doesn't matter if it was, if, if it was five, it was still just an, an, an atrocity. Just, just pure evil that, that led to this, to this slaughter. One, one uh, commentator said that it's in, this tells you how bad Herod was. No other ancient writer, Josephus or, or any other ancient writers, records this slaughter in Bethlehem because it was minor compared to Herod's other atrocities. 
other murderous acts, that he had killed two of his sons, his, his favorite wife, uh, multiple groups of people just, just through his life. It was that bad that this was like minor news. I mean, and, and, and Corey talked about just all of the, 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 the tragic genocides and, and, and mass murders throughout history, other things going on, and it's like, it's, it's, it's just another one of those episodes that, that just demonstrate the, the power of sin that, that affects and has affected all of us since Adam and Eve first sinned in the garden. And, and think about when, when it started, they sinned. And then the first murder was one of their sons killing his, his brother. And, and it goes on and, and on and, and on. So Pharaoh ki kills the male children in, in Jerusalem. And, and Matthew again says this was, was in order to fulfill what was spoken by the prophet Jeremiah. Matthew usually, when he says the prophet, unless it's Isaiah or Jeremiah, he just says the prophet or prophets. <clears throat> but it's, but it, he, he quotes Jeremiah by, by name. And this is from Jeremiah 31. He says, a voice was heard in Ramah, weeping and loud lamentations. Rachel weeping for her children. She refused to be comforted because they were no more. Where's Raman? What is this about? It had, had to do with the exile. When, when Babylon had captured all of the, remember the first wave of exiles from, from Daniel and, and Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego were, were taken into exile, that they led them through Ramah, which is near Bethlehem, and that the, the mothers, that would be Rachel, the, the mother of, of Israel, went out weeping because they're not going to see them no more. And so he's, he's equating this, saying this fulfills that. It makes it complete. It's, it's, it's not a predictive prophecy, it, but it makes it complete. What, what Jeremiah had said, the, the real weeping is when uh, Israel is going into exile, but, but you keep reading in, in Jeremiah chapter 31, and there's hope. Because near the end of the chapter, God says, I'm going to make a new covenant with my people. And, and now that's complete. Jesus' coming leads to that new covenant. And then finally, it says, Herod died. And, and, you know, how much relief did the nation feel when, when Herod dies? He's an Adamean, an Edomite, who has, has, has just, for, to some degree, bought into his position He's, he's finagled to be the, the king of the, of the Jews, even though he's not, he's not Jewish. He, he dies. They had, he had actually ordered that, 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 I think it was either 50, a number of Jewish leaders be, be imprisoned as he was on his deathbed. And then when he died, they were, to be, they were to be executed, to be killed, so that there would be proper mourning in the nation when he died because he knew no one would, would be truly mourning for him. And Josephus, the histor historian, says that he died of this major intestinal uh, infection, and, and he describes it, and it's, it's bad. I mean, 
And later Herod's grandson, uh, Agrippa, in Acts 12, dies of the same malady. He's, he, he, he dies, and, and, and behold, as soon as he dies, now God is telling uh, Joseph, he said, I'll tell you when it's time to go back. Herod dies, and an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in, in Egypt and said, Rise, take the child and his mother, and go to the land of Israel for those who, um, who sought the child's life or dead. And it said that he did it. He, he obeyed. We see Joseph's obedience, even though Joseph was in a, you know, even from the get-go, this is not being one of those uh, fairy tale romances, you know, that, that he, he finds out Mary goes to visit Elizabeth in, 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 from Nazareth down into the hill country around uh, Jerusalem in Judea, and she comes back, and she's found to be with child. It's like, what happened? I mean, did somebody force themselves on you? Were you unfaithful to me? And, and so for, even before they were betrothed, but even before they were married, it's not been uh, just just this fairy tale romance like they had or happening like they had expected and and now the baby is born they 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 have to flee to Egypt because people are 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 seeking his life but it's it's time they can they can go back Joseph is obedient in all of those circumstances not just the ones that were easy to do was it easy for for him to take Mary as his wife Bill and I were talking before Sunday school, and it's like, you know, we, we, we're not told how Nazareth received them. You know, in, in our society, it, it really wouldn't be any big deal. But in those days, when Joseph marries Mary, who was obviously with child, he's admitting that he's the father of her baby. And so they're both saying, yes, we were sinful. We violated the, the law of Moses. We violated uh, God's law. And even though he's not the father, God told him she would conceive by the Holy Spirit. He, he and Mary are taking that shame of that act that was disgraceful then. It's almost applauded now upon themselves. So they go back to, to Nazareth. And, and, and you can imagine what this, the city, the town, this small town, how, how they treated them. I don't think it's too much speculation to say that they, were, that they were sort of outcasts even though they had been from there but because of, of what's happened. But nevertheless, Joseph obeys. God said it's time to go back to, to, to uh, Israel. As they're traveling, they, they hear that Archelaus, one of Herod's sons, when Herod the Great died, he had this kingdom. Uh, it was divided, uh, Augustus divided it into three parts because none of his sons were deemed worthy to take the whole thing. They weren't made kings. They were made tetrarchs, just, just rulers. But Archelaus is ruling over Judea, and he's just as bad as his father. Not long after he had become king, he murdered 3,000 Jews in the temple because they had, they had memorialized other martyrs that, that Herod had killed. 
other Jewish martyrs that Herod had killed, that, that these had sought to memorialize them. And, and Archelaus said, you're not doing that. That was my, that was my daddy. And he, and he just wipes out 3,000 Jews in that. So God, once again, warns Joseph in a dream, and he goes to, uh, so he, with, he withdrew to Galilee, and, th and then went and lived in a town, a city called Nazareth, so that what was spoken by the prophets might be fulfilled, that he would be called a, a, a Nazarene. So, so we have Joseph's obedience just really jumps out. Um, in, in, in he's not given an, an easy task or an easy road to hoe, as they say, that he's, he's got to marry Mary to, to complete their, their, their vows. They were betrothed. He's got to, to, uh, to, to marry her. Then he's got to escape, stay there. Now, God sent them. Think of, think of just the, the providence of how this happened. They were a very poor family. You know, we, we, we know from Luke that when they went on the 40th day to, um, to dedicate Jesus, they gave the, the poor person's offering the turtle doves, not, not what people who had money would do, <coughs> the, the, the lamb or, or I don't know exactly what it was, but, but there was a... a uh, in, in, in the law, a way that a, a poor person could dedicate their child. I wonder what they did with that gold. Well, they just had to make a trip way out of town to, to Egypt. God sent them those gifts from the wise men, and it's, it's, it's his providential provision for taking care of the family as, as their way. You know that it that it gives them money for the trip. You know, so so do they spend the gold? Do they do they sell the frankincense and myrrh so that it, it provides for them uh, to do that? But they clearly didn't have it. You know, when 40 days after Jesus was born, so God sent the wise men and did that. He sends them to to Egypt to fulfill the the this 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 prophecy or fulfill what the prophet had said, but Egypt at the time also had a thriving, several thriving Jewish cities and communities. One, one guy that I heard said that Alexandria supposedly had like over 100,000 Jews living in Alexandria. And Alexandria is where they had translated the Hebrew Bible into Greek, the Septuagint, just, you know, a, a century before now. So that God's provision sent them to the right place where there were other Jews that they might that they might live with and and even worship with. <clears throat> so so Matthew or Joseph's obedience, it's it's immediate. It's 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 long term, long lasting. Um, what about the reception of of the the three different types of receptions? of to Jesus that that you have the good the, the, the magi who come and, and worship and pay homage and, and then you have the, the Jewish leaders the religious people of the day that are just like 
It's like they, they don't care. They're, they're totally in, indifferent. Just the, the, the apathy of, oh, well, we'll, we'll see what happens. And then, then you have the, the hostile reception that Herod gives him wanting to kill people, to kill Jesus. And, and I think that extends even to today of, of that people, individuals, countries, leaders, whoever, realize that Jesus is a threat. He's been a threat ever since, um, ever since he came, and they seek to destroy him. They, they seek to, uh, to eliminate Jesus from, from, from a, a person's life or, or, or culture. Okay. They're always saying the child, take the child. Did they not know his name was Jesus? <clears throat> the angel? The angel says take the child? Well, you know, this, this says Joseph in a dream. Yeah, they, they they know his they know his name. Matthew Where's that sheet? Okay, Matthew uses the name Jesus a hundred and fifty times in, in the gospel, but but no character ever calls him Jesus. And, and, and just like if, if, it's a, if it's an account of, you know, someone, you know, Jesus calling, they'll call him rabbi or teacher. But Matthew only says Jesus in, in sort of the narrative sense. And so even the angels aren't mentioning his, his name. And that's, that's just sort of a, a point, an observation. I can't remember... I mean, I haven't, I don't know what the significance to that is. You know, why, why is it that, that they give him these other, other titles, but nobody calls him by name if it's, if it's a respect? But he would say Jesus went to, you know, up the, the mountain, but nobody calls him by, by name. So, so we have this, this opposition you have, um, you know, what did, what did um, Simeon in, in, in Luke chapter 2, and Simeon had seen uh, Mary and Joseph. They brought Jesus for the dedication. It says, Simeon blessed them. This is Luke 2, verse 34. Blessed them and said to Mary his mother, Behold, this child is appointed for the fall and rise of many in Israel and for a sign that is opposed and a sword will pierce through your own soul also, so that thoughts from many hearts may be revealed. And, and so even early on we see the, the, that, that, that the conflict that occurs and is brought on to, to, these, to these lives because Jesus is not the status quo for, for Israel. That, that, that he is a, a different kind of, of king and, and Messiah. So the, the reception, I think, I think we, can, we can glean, it's like, 
how have I truly received Jesus? Am I being receptive or am I being indifferent? Could I possibly being, be being hostile? And just see, am I locked into traditions of, of whatever it is, whether it's my own traditions or if it's my denomination's traditions? But am, but am I really being receptive like the wise men who they came and, and, and they worshiped? Herod and the, and, and the, and, and the leaders are, they're spiritually blind they're, they're fearful, they're conspiratorial and, and, and murderous. And, and even to today, that's sadly, our society is, is becoming that way in, in trying to, to put down the, the name of Jesus. And it's like nobody in their right mind would, would believe that. Chapter 3 starts... Jesus is um, David didn't know when uh, when Mary visited was it Elizabeth John the John hey my voice John the Baptist mother mm-hmm Didn't the angel make, uh, let it be known his name <clears throat> at that time? Mm-hmm. They, they, they told Mary and Joseph what to name the baby, Jesus, which means the Lord saves. And so he's the, the literal yeah. meaning of his word, that, that the Lord saves. And, and Elizabeth's baby was John. Was John. Yeah. And 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 I believe God told Zechariah what to name him. Yeah. But I, I may have to go back and reread it. But yeah. So the, so the beginning then of you know Matthew jumps thirty years mm-hmm. give or take between the end of chapter two and the beginning of chapter three, and he begins to 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 tell us the um, you know the the, the teachings of of Jesus. And you, and you, you really got to just love John the Baptist. He's he's not he's not following any of the of the rules of evangelism. Uh, of the rules that they would say, "Okay, if you're going to you're going to preach to these people, you do, you know, 1 2 3, do this." He starts off right at the beginning, verse 7. This is just a prelude or or a preview. Verse 7, he saw many uh, Pharisees and Sadducees coming to his baptism, and he said to them, you brood of vipers, who warned you to flee from the wrath to come? You know, could you imagine? I mean, some, if some preacher got up or, um, I mean, I would never be bold enough. Maybe that's wrong, but he, you know, if I came in here next week and they said, you brood of vipers, who, who, you bunch of snakes, who, who told you to, you know, be warned? So, so John, I mean, Matthew's going to jump right in and, and, and show us how different this character, this, this Jesus is from everything that they've had before. Any, any other 
points or observations before we... Okay, enjoy the afternoon. They're saying uh, by the end of the week it may be a little... The pendulum's swinging back toward the, the cold and yucky. Let's pray and then we'll go. Father, we just thank you for your word. God, we thank you for the... Uh, just Joseph being an example of obedience. God, we just thank you that we, we see in this your provision, your watch, care, and protection that you provided for, for Jesus as he came to fulfill the purpose that you set before him to, to live a perfect life, to, to die and sacrifice himself to atone for our sins. God, may we just uh, take these things and, and, and ponder them and see how we're responding to Jesus and, and, and the message of Christ and the salvation that we've received. That if just God give us uh, desires to be totally receptive and, and, and obedient as Joseph and the, and the Magi's were. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Good wings.